0: everybody to the mainland podcast it is time for episode 179 I am Michael Citro I am your host and a founder the founder and managing editor of the mainland.com over at SB nation we cover Orlando City the Orlando Pride OCB and all things soccer in the city beautiful joining me as always my co-host up in Tallahassee David Rowe Dave how you doing
1: I'm doing well. Uh, happy belated fifth anniversary of the mainland.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, the mainland turning five years old on Monday. And uh, we are recording this on Tuesday night. But we have been, we have been an entity on the internet since 2014. And uh, that was a WordPress site, which is actually still up. You can actually go read the stuff we wrote back before we became an SB Nation site. um, I forget what it is. like wordpress.mainland.com or something. I I forget. If you look it up, if you Google WordPress and the mainland, it probably will come up for you. Uh, It's been a while since I've looked at the site, uh, but it should still be there because it's free. It doesn't have to be renewed or anything. Uh, So, uh, yeah, thank you to... The many, many people through the years who have uh, been a part of the mainland, and not just on the staff, but also uh, listeners to the podcast, readers of the site—you know—we, you, and I, Dave, have been doing this show together for a couple of years now. And uh,
1: but yeah, it'll be uh, three years come November.
0: Wow, is that right? Yep. So you know, there's there have been others on this show in the past. Uh, Andrew Marcinko has been on here. Um, Kevin Mercer. Austin David, uh, Andrew Harrison has been on. We've had uh, contributions from Jeff Milby. So uh, these are all, all folks who have been on the podcast in the past. I think um, there's, uh, there's also some other uh, folks that have been involved as well through the years. It's it, they're, they're too numerous to mention.
1: <laughs> and if we, It's like the award ceremony. If we forgot to mention you, we're sorry, and we we're yeah. still thinking of you.
0: Yeah, they're playing me off, and they're getting the hook. Right now so uh, yeah, so it's been it's been a fine five years in terms of blogging and podcasting, it's been great in terms of the on field product, the soccer itself. It's not been great.
1: No, not great, Bob.
0: So you know, um, all we can do is push forward. We we're pushing forward this week in the wake of uh, the sixth consecutive Orlando City game without a victory. As the Lions went to Houston to take on the Dynamo, got the early goal, decided, eh, that's good enough probably. I bet they probably (laughs) – I don't think they're going to score two goals on us. And that's exactly what happened. They scored two goals on us, and the Dynamo go on to the 2-1 win. Dynamo keep their faint playoff hopes alive, and the Lions still not mathematically eliminated, but essentially they need everybody to lose and them to win – two games and they haven't been able to win win one game in about a month so uh doing the math i'm saying no playoffs this year
1: yeah i'm willing to uh i'm willing to go to vegas on them not going to the playoffs again this year um and you know and we'll get into you know the match itself a little bit although you know we'd rather not but um just a slight spin of positivity i think there has been some growth i think there has been some improvement this season i know that um you know people are going to be disappointed in not making the playoffs but um uh, and yeah it sucks we're all disappointed but (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm a i'm a you know silver lining kind of guy and and like i say i think there is there has been some improvement and it'll make for an interesting offseason
0: uh, yeah, we'll get to the off season soon enough because in a, in a couple of weeks, unless the team makes the playoffs, you and I are going to monthly. Yes, we are. Uh, but we'll be here for at least uh, the next two weeks, and mm-hmm. um, and then we'll we'll go monthly if need be. And of course, we'll have uh, in November we've got the uh, MLS expansion draft coming up to prepare for, and of mm-hmm. course we'll do our we'll do our uh, now famous stays-or-goes segment on both Orlando City and the Pride this year, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it would be a good year to do both of the teams.
0: All right, before we get into the game the, against the Dynamo, I the, uh, just wanted to, to follow up because I don't want to any, leave anybody out, so I actually pulled up, a, <laughs> pulled up my list. Also, thank you uh, to former podcast hosts Daniel McGann, uh, Kyle Foley, Brent Petkus, uh, Luis Hernandez, not sure how I forgot Luis, uh, Nick Morales. And Alan Etzler and Gavin Eubank. I think that covers everybody uh, along early, you know, along with the names we mentioned earlier, uh, mm-hmm. who have uh, co-hosted the the show at one time or another. We we're for a while we were doing three every week, three co-hosts. That got a little bit crazy. We did, even had four once. And uh, it was it, it went about as well as you'd think a show with four hosts would go. I think
1: we've all seen the uh, the the footage from the View and what that's like. So yeah, I can I can imagine.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, it's you know it's a format that can work if you have a like a moderator type uh, leading the way, but um, it's really it really it, that many people is very hard to keep things kind of moving along and have a good discussion to have everybody get their, their complete thoughts and you end up usually having to cut somebody off and moving on for time. But, uh, we do appreciate everybody's efforts. There've been 79 folks who have worked for the mainland in the last five years. That seems like a lot of people because Uh, uh, it is a, it is a lot of people, but it's in five years, you know, people come and go. A lot of those are, you know, photographers who, who chipped in, you know, maybe one or two, uh, photo galleries. Some some of them are still around. Uh, we've had some folks who did stuff behind the scenes, like social media uh, posts, and we've had uh, some some comment section uh, moderators and and things like that. So um, and copy editors. So there's some names you might not even know, or you know if you know if you if you heard them, you'd go, who was that? And I don't remember re- reading any of that person stuff.
1: Yeah, there's there's people that you could tell me that they were there, and I'd be like, "Who is that?" And I've been here not quite the whole time, but you know, uh, like four years or something like that out of the five. So,
0: well, there's names on that list that I couldn't tell you who they are uh, because <laughs> you know they're. This is just the nature of doing a a blog. Is that some people come, say they want to do it, they're really excited, they do like one story, and then they're like, "Yeah, I, I'm not gonna be able to devote time for this." <laughs> it's like oh, did you think you were just going to show up and does, everything was just going to be magical? No, no, it's you, you. You do have to contribute a little bit, and and it's it's time consuming in the fact that you have to first of all watch Orlando City play soccer, which for a lot of people that's the deal breaker right there, Dave,
1: or the pride.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there's that. You've got to you've got to actually sit down and write, and post the story, and find a. I gotta, I gotta pick out a photograph to go with my story. Nobody told me this would be a thing. <laughs> I'm out of here. I can't work under these conditions. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's some, there's been quite a few folks through the years that have only been around a few weeks uh, until they realize that blogging isn't as, as fun and exciting as they thought it would be. And um, but that's, that's just part of blog life. And um, you know, the, the, it's funny because I, rem, I remember the folks that were around at the beginning, even though. Some of them weren't around very long. I remember them almost better than some people who were around, like, in 2016, 2017 for a short time. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the Orlando City-Houston Dynamo game in Houston on a Saturday night. Uh, not great. Um, started out pretty good. Yeah. Um, Dom Dwyer goes out, scores a goal in his second straight game. And it was really a good, um, a good game overall for Dom Dwyer, who had... Uh, you know, he's he's showing signs of, of coming on now. He's, he's scored a header in two straight games to score goals. He has, uh, I mean, he put up uh, five of the team's seven shots on Saturday. Uh, both, uh, wait, th- all three of the team's shots on goal. So if you were not named Dom Dwyer, you didn't get a shot on goal. And if you're not named Dom Dwyer, it's very unlikely that you even attempted a shot. <laughs> so yeah. um, if you played in purple. if you, If you played in orange, you probably got a bunch of shots.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, but you know, home field advantage or some such stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So anyway, the, uh, you know, the, the, Lions did this thing, Dave has been doing it too often. You know, they don't want to just sit back when they score an early goal. They want to go on and get a second goal, go on and win the game, but it's just like they almost can't help it. I mean, at, at the first mm-hmm. sign of the the first sign of the other team, you know, picking up a little bit of steam and applying some pressure And they sag and they sag and they sag. And the only thing I could think of, there's only two two reasonable explanations. You know, one, it's a tactical thing that James is is not correcting, or two, it's just the fact that the makeup of this team is is you know you got your back line, you expect them to sag back under pressure. You get your midfielders, all of them are defensive midfielders. There's a Mm -hmm. natural tendency when things are going. You know, when the other team has possession, there is a tendency to, you know, to sag back and drop back. And, and and then, you know, then your forwards have to play where your midfielders are supposed to be. And then the next thing you know, you're basically you're just lumping it down the field, waiting for the next attack, and then lumping it down the field, waiting for the next attack. Or in this case, lumping it down the field toward Dom Dwyer, who's triple covered.
1: As Dom often is triple covered. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of these two things is more likely than the other, and I, I'm not going to feel like I'm going out on too much of the limb and saying that you know defensive-minded players are going to play defensively. So uh, it's it's unfortunate. I'm I'm pretty certain it's not anything that uh, James O'Connor, who is an attacking-minded coach. Uh, is wanting to do. Um, I imagine he gets pretty heated on the sidelines when, when they're doing it, especially uh, as, you, like you say, that wave after wave is starting to break upon the uh, shore of Orlando City's defense. Mm-hmm.
0: So they get to halftime with that 1 0 lead, and you're just hoping that they can go in, regroup, keep some of the ball, and maybe find a second goal. And, and they really didn't threaten much in the second half. Uh, it wasn't really wasn't what you needed to see out of Orlando. Again, they just stayed back and stayed back and invited the pressure and really didn't uh, swarm to the ball. They didn't take the ball away. They didn't turn Houston over. Uh, They did have a couple of half chances on counters that went horribly wrong. (laughs) I mean, uh, not horribly wrong, but I I will say there was a a counterattack that looked very, very promising until DeMarcus Beasley came out of nowhere hustling back and made a play. Uh, where I believe it was Nani who was almost in on, on goal all all by himself. But uh, yeah, in fact it was um, Mauricio Pereira. Pereira Pereira was on a one man break, like a one man transition. It was like him against the whole Houston defense. And he was going forward, going forward, going forward. And of course he slowed up because he's, he's got guys in front of him. He's, you know, can't just run into the guy and Nani caught up to him on his right. And he tries to play a a through ball to him and, uh, Beasley com- just came out of nowhere, like I said, and, and made a nice uh, a nice tackle at the last second and and, and picked off the ball and-, and knocked it out for a corner, I believe it was, t- t- at the time. And that was m- probably the most promising counterattack. This is not, Dave, a good counterattacking team.
1: No, it's not. Um, they're not... The-, the personnel is not there for that, um, at least right now. Um, and I think... It's not a lack of speed. I mean, as you saw, Nani's pretty quick for a 32-year-old, and of course, you know, you've got Juan, who's, who's, probably one of the fastest guys in MLS. But uh, that being said, you know, when they're sitting that far back, there's only so much that you can do without other pieces.
0: Yeah. So uh, the one thing I noticed in this game that it it was that Demarcus Beasley won that that side of the field. Pretty handily, Juan didn't seem like he wanted to get forward at all, even when he had some opportunities to do so. He never really um, tested Beasley uh, in a foot race. He never tried yeah. to play, never never did that thing where he plays the ball into the corner and then tries to outrun the guy. And and would have been, I wanted to see who would have won that race, quite frankly. But um, you know, I I thought I think that in the games where Juan doesn't get forward. It really is a detriment to the team. You're not going to get anything on the other side, uh, typically, from Kamal Miller or Kyle Smith, while Zhao Moutinho is still out with the hamstring injury. Um, mm-hmm. So it's 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 a problem. It, it it makes you really have to go through the middle. And although Pereira's uh, really good and and Nani's very good and threading through balls, I mean, they're playing ostensibly they're playing wings. So you're relying on Dom Dwyer to beat multiple defenders or you need midfielders to come in and get involved. And they're not doing that.
1: Yeah. And of course, uh, Pereira is only, you know, starting to get, he's, and from the looks of it, he's still not even 90 minutes fit. So you're only going to get so much out of him. And if you can't get any of the, you know, the other, well, let's be honest defensive midfielders to do, something. I mean, occasionally Johnson will do something, occasionally Yuri Rossell will do something, but um, it's not consistent enough um, for, you know, Orlando to have a sustained attack like they needed to that night.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Chris Gita aggravated his adductor injury or his recurring adductor problem. Uh, he had to come off um, and, uh, you know, Pereira, as you said, he's not fit. He looked like he was gassed. He looked like he was you know running on fumes uh, was not able to keep up with the pace of play at that mm-hmm. point in the game and it's you know it's it's not it's not anything against the player the player hadn't played in quite some time he he got in 45 last week uh 60 this week and that's a natural progression you play 45 then 60 then 90 so you know hopefully he'll be able to go 90 on Sunday against Cincinnati but you know it, as soon as Pereira and Higuita came off and I heard a lot of people bellyaching about this, but what are you going to do? If you're, if you're the coach of this team, you cannot leave them out there because then they are going to be hurt and you have, you have to take care of your players. And and so he did what he needed to do. And, you know, it was, uh, I thought Akindeli was a good uh, player to bring on because he's, normally very defensively reliable, and he's also capable of putting the ball in the net. So you have some some quality there. And um, I probably would have brought on Benji Michel, but uh, he did not. And then eventually, you know, it it, it really didn't... To me, it really didn't matter who Orlando City brought on. It really mattered who Houston brought on. Yeah. Uh, Because uh, their substitution, uh, young Mimo uh, Rodriguez, he was... uh, Outstanding. I mean, like, from the from the moment he stepped on the field, Houston became a much more dangerous attacking team.
1: Yeah, he was all that in a bag of chips for Houston, uh, unfortunately for us. Um, his, in, his impact on that game was um, kind of like, you know, we would see when Mueller has a good super sub, um, you know, uh, a super sub game where he comes on and changes the complexion of everything. That's what Mimo did for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was he was quick, he was fast, he was dangerous. He put in good passes. Um, just he he just turned the the momentum of the game, and you know, before you knew it, it was uh, it was one one, and then three minutes later, it was two one, and then you never really felt like Orlando was. You just felt like it was maybe it was going to be lucky to stay at two one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course you're you're hoping for uh, something to change, but with with Pereira off and Higuita off, um, and I agree, rightly so. I mean, especially Higuita—he's hurt. What do you, you, know, how effective is he going to be anyway? But um, you know, those two guys were helping control the midfield. Once once that's gone, um, there's nothing connecting all of that defense that we have uh, up to Dom Dwyer uh, or Tesho at that point. So it's it's really hard to to do something if you can't go up the sides and you've lost your middle. Well not much there.
0: Yeah, I kind of thought Orlando might go with a 4231 in this game and I think that maybe um you know, it might have it might have held up better, but I I don't know. It it, it the 433 if you're going to put Nani and and Pereira up front, uh it really destroys the connective tissue in the middle of of the pitch because now you're you're expecting Chris Nagita to be that offensive linchpin, uh, mm-hmm. because it's it's not going to be Sebas Mendez he's you know he's he's really good at darting around challenging winning the ball back committing fouls um and you know basically his his the entirety of his being when it comes to passing is who gave me the ball? Okay, they're getting it right back. I'm not even going to dribble. <laughs> I'm just going to give it right back to them, and that's that's about ninety percent of his passes. So it's it's very difficult when a lot of these passes are coming from behind him, and he's sending them right backwards again. It's it's you're it's a non-starter in the offense. Uh, so I think that's something that he will work on uh, in the off season. I mean, he's still a young player, but uh, you know it. it it wasn't uh, it wasn't what the team needed I, I don't think Carlos Asquez brought anything on that was that was effective I know uh, I get what I get what James was trying to do bringing him on but I think it probably would have gone with Rossell because at least he's very good at switching the field mm-hmm. and um, you know may- has a better eye for that long pass that can maybe unlock the defense with what- it's just one simple cross field pass to Juan can open up the defense.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, you get it over to him as he's you know speeding up the uh, the right side, then yeah, like you say, defense unlocks, um, if he has the opportunity to get up there and and do that thing where he goes to the corner and then send a good cross in, uh, that would have provided some more chances and and with Dom having scored you know back to back goals and and maybe feeling it a little bit more. Um, perhaps he would have been able to get back into it. Alas, that was not what happens. Uh, Carlos was not able to do that same type of thing, and you know, frankly, didn't have much of an impact or a positive impact on the match.
0: Yeah, in 26 minutes, uh, I think his his stat line was two fouls committed. <laughs> it's basically what he contributed yeah. to the game. Um, so anyway, yeah, Albert Elise uh, scored the first scored the first goal, uh, beating. Ah, uh, Kamal Miller goal side, and uh, that's tough. But it's it's you know Kamal Miller's a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes, and and there um, you know, wasn't a whole lot he could do about that. Uh, at least was so close to the goal when he headed it, he almost missed the net. He kind of hit it yeah. off the, the bottom of the crossbar. If he was a foot further out, that's probably over the bar. Um, but it is what it is. The second goal was scored by Krishna Ramirez. Just a a simple tap in, just a tappy tap, <laughs> and just tap uh, it in is Mauro Minotis uh, took a, a pass from Mimo and uh, and sent it across back post. Easy uh, goal, in and in, in Robin Janssen caught uh, really guarding nobody on that play, and it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would not criticize the way Janssen has played this year, but that was a that was a mistake. I'm sure he would admit that he was not in the position he needed to be in. Um, I would still take Robin Janssen any day of the week on my back line because uh, I think he's, he's shown himself to be quite a good defender this year throughout the year and um just it wasn't good and orlando couldn't really mount anything at the end and uh, they brought they tried bringing on mueller i think much too late but i also think Mm -hmm. benji michelle was probably the the player i would have brought on i would have wanted those faster legs against the tired defense but um Mm -hmm. Plus, I just think Benji's in better form right now, and I think he's a better defender and a, more able to recover in transition than than Chris Mueller. Nothing against Chris; and I don't think Chris is a slow player, but he's certainly not. I don't think he has the the top end speed of a Benji Michelle.
1: Right, and you know, I can't at the time I can't argue against bringing Mueller in. Sometimes, like I mentioned, a, you know, a couple minutes ago, he can bring you know be the one that changes the complexion of a game uh, just with his tenacity. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't going to be the case um, against the Dynamo. And, um, well, that's really kind of it, isn't it?
0: It is. Uh, I just think if you're going to roll that dice, that die, roll it earlier. I mean, you're, if somebody's going to only get five minutes, they're barely going to have time to, to get up to game speed. Um, yeah. You know, occasionally you see in soccer somebody scores a goal with practically their first touch, and that's all well and good, but that's not normal. That's not what happens usually. It, usually somebody's got to get out there, get the, you know, get their feet under them, get some rhythm, and get going. And I think that, the, to me, when Mueller's at his best is when he's brought in around the 70th minute. The other team's already been running for 70 minutes. He's got time to kind of probe the defense a little bit, find out who's tired, find out who he can get a step on, and he can put pressure on the defense. I think in five minutes that's a lot to ask.
1: Yeah, it is. And not that he didn't try, but um, once again, uh, too little too late. Um, and just as it was too little too late uh, with, you know, getting Pereira in and all kinds of other things this season.
0: All right, so 2-1 defeat uh, Orlando City 0-3-3 in the last six games. Uh, really not what you wanted when, uh, you know, if this team could have just, you know, gone 2-2-2 two, two, and two instead of 0-3-3. Mm-hmm. Then they're above the line right now. So, yeah. it, you know, that's, that's tough. It's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. I think out of the six games in this six game winless streak, I think they could have won four of them, Dave. I think they it wouldn't even have taken much more quality to have won four of those six games.
1: No. And, you know, honestly, they could have won uh, this match. if You know, some things had broken uh, differently. Um, uh, it's, we're we're just as frustrated as everybody listening. I promise you that um, it's you know because Michael and I both had to write for this this match, so you know we watched it. But um, you know, like you say, there were what? Let's see. So they could have could have potentially won this one. I mean the the New England game Atlanta. almost certainly should have won. Atlanta was a possibility. You know, you
0: heck, LAFC. Chances l a f c should have won l a f c
1: yeah so i mean there's 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 definitely some some matches out there that should have gone our way that simply didn't
0: yeah uh personal note uh, adama diomande i know you're listening out there you couldn't have given up on the season two weeks earlier <laughs> you couldn't right. have like just gone into this uh you know the this m l s protocol for you know banned substances you couldn't do that like two weeks earlier
1: well i think he wanted to then uh donna garber said that he had to play against us first
0: Uh, i'm just i'm disgusted dave but i will say there were some good performances Pereira was good igita was good dwyer Mm -hmm. was good um i think nani was just okay uh i think that the defense was just okay in this game um i thought johnson was fine uh, Sebas Mendes was fine I mean he could have been a little better but I think he was mostly fine um, so it's just really it just really comes down to the attack and the team didn't attack and they sat back too much and they they sat too deep um, my man of the match is Dom Dwyer because he had five of the seven shots all three shots on goal and the goal and he also had a goal line clearance so he he's playing his rear end off the last couple games
1: yeah, my man of the match was also Dwyer, as I, I wrote in the uh, in the article um, for all the same reasons. Um, I, I do agree, Higuita um, until he went off was having a, a very good game. I thought he was, um, you know, like I said, he and Pereira in the midfield were were doing a pretty effective job um, until until they went off, and it's it's telling that although the team was starting to give a little bit before they went off. Once they went off, it was bam, bam with the, with the Houston goals.
0: It was, and it sucks. Yes, it does. (laughs) That's to quote Forrest Gump. That's all I got to say about that. Indeed. All right, Dave. um, We'll talk a little bit about the FC Cincinnati game a little later in the show. The, uh, lions have, uh, two games left to go in the season they're probably playing out the string at this point maybe the lack of of playoff pressure will will relax them and enable them to play better i don't know i i, I definitely think that the the team needs to be mentally tougher next year i think for a mm-hmm. couple of reasons a couple of reasons number one you can't wilt in the big pressure games number two you have to do better at home uh, our Tom Saunders, the bearded guy, wrote about it today. I, I kind of would have rather he waited till the off season, and because that's great off season fodder. But with two games to go, um, I can't blame him for not wanting to write about this current team. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, you know, but he's he's right. I mean, this team is not good enough at home, and it has never been in five years in MLS ever been good enough at home. The best season this team has had at home is seven five and five. They won't get there this year. And 7-5-5 five, and five is equal to uh, the worst home record for a team to finish above the playoff line in the Eastern Conference in those five years. Now, this year there's a chance for not one, but two teams, but there's more more teams in the playoffs. There's a chance for two teams to finish potentially with, with worse home records than 7-5-5, five, and five, but barely, just like by one game.
1: Yeah, it's pretty telling, um, you know, stats can say whatever you want them to say, but that one speaks pretty clearly. Um, you know, we mentioned, um, you know, two of the, the games that, you know, were potential winners in the, just in the last six, the LAFC and New England, those were both home games. Um, those were golden opportunities to, um, you know, defend Exploria Stadium and, you know, come out with more points, and, and this team was not able to do it.
0: And Atlanta, 17 chances created. you got to score at least one goal there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point.
0: All right, so uh, again, we'll talk a little bit about uh, this week's game, this Sunday's game, uh, in just a few moments. Uh, we'll go ahead and get the OCB Minute out of the way.
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: Dave, the OCB Young Lions uh, went to Chattanooga, and they Chattaloosad.
1: I'm I'm shocked.
0: It's very shocking. We're all surprised by this uh, development, this late-breaking development from Chattanooga. The Young Lions go into the half 1-1, and they come out of full-time uh, 2-1 down.
1: Yeah. Well, it was not a uh, – uh, they should not be emulating the senior team. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It was a banner effing weekend in the old ba- Bender household. <laughs> I mean, uh, Breakfast Club reference, kids, look it up. Um, so yeah, the the uh, tenth consecutive loss for OCB. Uh, they are three nineteen and four. Dave, if if Sean is to be believed, if Sean Rollins is to be believed, three nineteen and four, thirteen points. yeah 13 points, Dave.
1: I'm not so sure that uh, Sean is of, of you know a sane and stable mind at this point in the season, given all the OCBs had to watch.:
0: This 19 losses already with with some games to go here. this might be a record that's never broken in USL League One. It might stand forever.
1: That would uh, that would be so Orlando City of them too, uh, for yes. that to be the case.
0: Bad records tend to tend to hang around. In fact, the uh, the really awful defensive team that is FC Cincinnati uh, had tied Orlando City's record for most goals conceded in a season set just last year. So what do they do? How do they respond to that? They shut out
1: Chicago because we can't have nice things,
0: yeah, or we can't even have we
1: can't even not have bad things.
0: It sets up the perfect. Ex- perfect possibility of Orlando going to Cincinnati and getting shot out and then having to ask for help in the final week of the season for somebody (laughs) to break that record uh, for Cincinnati to break that record by conceding another goal Um, yeah it's it's not no es bueno so uh, yeah uh, congratulations to Leonardo Simas who scored a goal for OCB at least OCB has been playing close games of late and actually scoring goals at times, they you know they went through long stretches where they couldn't even score a goal. Now at least they're in games, they're getting goals, they're just not finishing it. And you know, I didn't get to see this game, but Sean said that they played actually for the most part played pretty well.
1: Well, um, like I said, they shouldn't emulate the senior squad because that's pretty much the same story that we just talked about with uh, Orlando City over the last six matches.
0: All right, we've spent more than a minute on the OCB Minute, so I find this unforgivable, and we will now move on.
1: And we apologize.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, so we got some more to talk about, uh, including some uh, FIFA awards. We'll get to that right after this. All right, Dave. The Several members of the Orlando Pride went over to Europe uh, to uh, be part of the FIFA... The best awards to um, mm-hmm. you know to see if somebody would win. Uh, Alex Morgan was up for uh, best female player of the year. It was won by Megan Rapino. thanks to Alex getting her a penalty. She won the <laughs> she won the golden boot, largely on penalties uh, yep. in the uh, in the World Cup. Uh, but no, Rapinoe had a, had a really heck of a year. Um, you know, I know a lot of people don't think Alex Morgan deserved to be there, and then I think of all the goals she scored in the FIFA, you know, the the FIFA year period, you know, you look back to the nine goals this year, several goals last year in an incredible 18 goal season for us. Women uh, last year, she's hardly played for the pride this year at all. Uh, So you can't really say that she did much uh, for her club, but she wasn't really there to do much for her club. And incidentally, her club stinks. Uh, So uh, she was over there, uh, Marta was over there, and both Alex and Marta made the uh, FIFA, Pro, FIFA best uh, World Eleven.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, not surprising there. I mean, you know, Marta's uh, the greatest of all time, uh, or at least arguably so. And Alex, like you said, has been scoring goals, even if not for the pride. Um, it, it's nice... Uh, if if we can't have other awards it's nice to at least have those.
0: It's good to see the pride win something.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Even if it's only individual awards. Uh so congratulations to Alex and to Marta. And and you know there sure there's some there's some um angst whenever some of the young up and coming players don't get awards and the same players that have been uh, rewarded year after year, continue to get rewarded. This is called building a reputation as a as a an all time great. And I think there's really not much you can argue with when you say, you know, when somebody says that Alex Morgan and Marta are two of the all time great players in women's soccer history.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's obviously Alex is going to be one of the greatest for the U.S. But um, and and Marta has already. I mean, she's won the, uh, you know, the best player, uh, award, you know, what, five times, six times. So, um, it's, it's not really an argument. Um, and you know, those others that you mentioned, those younger players, well, keep doing well, keep playing. Eventually that's, you know, you're going to get those accolades. Um, and, it gives them something to work towards and I'm not just being a grumpy old man here saying, Oh, the kids have to wait their turn. No, I mean, well, it's,
0: I mean, here's the thing. I mean, Alex was playing at a very high level and was watching Abby Wambach win it, mm-hmm. you know, war awards and watching, you know, older players win awards. And it's, so everybody kind of goes through this. I, I remember, there was a lot of uh, like when I was growing up like Ozzie Smith wins the Golden Glove every single year and he's an all-star every single year and you're thinking "Well, what about this shortstop or what about that shortstop and it's like well he but he's still Ozzie Smith
1: right yeah and, exactly. and
0: so yeah maybe he's not what he once was but he's still darn pretty darn good and and people are recognizing him for still being pretty darn good and and, and is it right or is it wrong well yeah, I think it's just human nature
1: yeah, I, you know, staying with the baseball analogy, you know, Cal Ripken Jr. in his, uh, in the 21-31, you know, record-breaking game, he had a home run. So, you know, yeah, he had been around forever, but guess what? He still, you know, was knocking the ball out of the park, so.
0: Indeed. All right, uh, so Dave, the Pride were off this week, and uh, th- that was the lightness that you felt this weekend, that, that. Spring in your step. It was the Pride not playing this week.
1: Yes, they could not hurt us this week.
0: I don't really. I mean, I, I know I probably some diehard Pride fans don't want to hear me talk like this and get sick of me talking like this on the podcast. But for the love of God, this team has been so bad this year, and, 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 it's they're, not... and they're and they're hard to watch. I mean, it's like, I mean, maybe you like watching a team get, you know, penned in their own end, and maybe you get four shot attempts the whole game. I don't like to do that.
1: Yeah, and maybe you like watching uh, your de- defensive line, you know, uh, hit balls to the uh, to the opponents so they can score easily. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. it, it's,
0: it's been a rough season.
1: You and you and I are are big fans of the Pride. I mean, you know, we we dedicate a part of this uh, podcast to them. You know, pretty much every week. Um, go back and listen to some of the, you know, other ones win the pride. We're doing better, and all you'll hear us say is, you know, go watch this team, go watch this team. So it's not like, you know, we're being inconsistent here.
0: You should still go watch them, even though they're even though they're bad. Um, I yes. mean, we're not than, really, I'm not really treating sports. them. I'm not really treating them any different than OCB, right?
1: Uh, no, I'd maybe even a little better.
0: I mean, I I like. I mean, the 2017 was fantastic. It was a year that the Pride made the playoffs. They looked very good. They went on that long winning streak at the end of the season. They were very exciting to watch. You know, Orlando City's been bad. And I've been I've been calling them out for for their six game winless streak here at the end of the season. But I I remember the the first couple years under Adrian Heath when the team wasn't good. They were still exciting and fun to watch, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this year, you know. The Pride have not been fun to watch. They've not been a fun team to watch. OCB has not been a fun team to watch. Orlando City has had moments when they've been fun to watch. Like, even though they lost 1-0 to Atlanta in that last game against the Atlanta United, they were fun to watch that night. They played great that night.
1: I agree. I think that there's, you know, sometimes there's growing pains, and sometimes, you know, you've got a team like the Pride who is, you know, making the playoffs, and then suddenly they're not. Uh, and it's hard to swallow. It's hard to, to deal with, um, especially when it's coinciding with OCB having a historically bad uh, season and Orlando City missing the playoffs you know, yet again. So it's kind of uh, – there's lots of dark clouds and gloominess, uh, and so it compounds upon each other. But um, you know, the sun will shine again. For these teams, um, it's it's hard as supporters because we want it now, mm. but it doesn't mean that it's not going to. You know, both teams could turn it around next season.
0: September is almost over, Dave, and it just Dave, control your animal. One hundred and ten percent professional here on the mainland podcast. Yes, indeed. Um. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh start tranquilizing that animal before the show. All right. Um so basically it's the end of September. It just it just feels a little beaten down at this point. It just feels like as a fan of three teams that are all trending in the wrong way. Uh two of them incredibly in the wrong way. Um it it just it just feels a little bit like being beaten down all season and it's it's maybe uh, maybe it's a good thing that the off season is coming to so recharge the batteries, get the excitement level back up, you know, make some adjustments, get some new blood in there. Um, I think Orlando City is close to being a good team. I think they're very close to being a good team. I don't know that I see that with the Pride or OCB. But OCB, I kind of expect from year to year, you don't know what you're going to get because of the fact that they're a developmental team with a bunch of young players.
1: Well, of course, we're also going to have a lot of turnover um, you know, on all of these teams, and it's going to make a difference.
0: It is. <laughs> we need to pause so you can do something with that dog.
1: <laughs> well, the, the wife just got home, and so they're very excited.
0: I see. Okay. Um, well, I can understand that. I'm just glad that you're not reacting in the same way
1: oh howling at the uh at the wife getting home yeah that would that would not be great yeah,
0: because you uh, our listeners may not know this you are very new, newly wed.
1: i am yes last thursday uh i got married and um uh very happily so and all that uh although i've had some nice comments on the uh online links from monday where people gave me condolences jokingly of course i mean these are regular readers and, and, you know, everybody was congratulatory. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of that, uh, from, you know, our community.
0: Yes. Uh, we have a good community. I'm really happy with our, our commenters. Uh, there, it's a good, um, good group of folks who chat. Uh, I think that there's some folks who mean well, there's some few that are a little overly negative at times or, or, uh, maybe a little bit provocative at times, but I think overall it's a, you know, I've seen a lot of, of fan, uh, you know reaction on other sites that has not been as amiable as as what we have and i think that even when people disagree by and large they're they're civil to each other most of the time and and you know i i uh i like to interact with them and sometimes sometimes yeah. when sometimes when i interact with them they don't like it <laughs> but it's either, either either they disagree with what i say or maybe they i don't know assume that there's a tone there that there isn't but um you know I think that that's just part and parcel of of the online world it's like you don't hear tone you don't really if you don't really have a good feel for somebody's personality um, you can take things the wrong way I think that um, we've even experienced this in our own online uh, you know sort of virtual office in our Slack channel is that I've I've had I've had you know writers who don't really know how to take me but then when we, we meet up for a beer before a game or something you know we we become very quickly um, very good friends. So, um, it's this it's, is
1: this is an argument for why everybody <laughs> should be listening to the podcast, so that when you and I are writing things, they can at least put our voices to it.
0: Yes, I, I do. I will freely admit that I I, I abuse sarcasm, and um, and I do use uh, um, I don't know irony as uh, as a defense mechanism. But at the same time, I think that everybody knows that I have. I have, I have strong opinions and I'm not afraid to voice them but I'm also not afraid to, to tell you why I think what I think and I don't necessarily need people to agree with me I just need them to understand where I'm coming from and a lot of people I think or a lot of times when there are, are issues I think people don't really see or try to see where it is I'm coming from and they just they just kind of shut down and 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 I, I don't want that I don't want you to shut down I want you to tell me what it is that you're seeing that I'm not seeing I want you to, you know and, and and back it up. I mean, they'll just say, this is what I think. If you really think that, then there's got to be a reason why, you know, say it, figure it out. I mean, it, it, sometimes it's not easy to put your thoughts into words and, and I'm a writer, so I know this, but um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think, again, I think we have a good group in the comments section. Um, I have very, very rarely had to moderate people, uh, in our comments sections and and I have heard the horror stories from other site managers and, and mm-hmm. what they've been going through and and so i th- I think we've got a great bunch and I'm very happy to, that we've that we've been blessed with it. I hope more people will um, contribute to the comments section.
1: nothing makes me happier when somebody uh, comments on the article that is the podcast article um, because that it so rarely happens that when I see it, I'm very excited about it
0: yeah, same. I mean it's People listen to the podcast, and it's not um, it's not as interactive, you know. But the, so, you know, there, even though that that podcast is out there in the world, you know, feel free to, to tell us what you think. You know, if you if you think we're being harsh, or if you think you you, or if you agree with us, or if you disagree with us, whatever whatever you're you're thinking, whatever stands out to you, what we what we talk about, let us know because um, you know this is we do this because we enjoy it, but we also do it because. We feel like it's it's something that um, that our listeners, our readers would like to have as this podcast, and I think that we've had uh, very good success with it. I think that our numbers are pretty good for a, for an MLS soccer uh, podcast that's devoted to one team. I think uh, we're we're doing quite well. So um, you know, it's 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 a labor of love, but it is a labor, and and it's always nice to hear uh, your feedback. So uh, don't be afraid to to do that um you know commenting thing under our podcast uh posts speaking of feedback it's time to get to our listener mail dave
1: all right
0: now there's ways two ways you can get to us and ask us anything it's like a you know a lot of people like to go a lot of kids these days dave like to go to the reddits <laughs> and they like to do the AMAs they like to participate in the AMAs dave so, I feel, like you're ju- I feel like
1: you're just you're just saying things that you don't understand, even though I know you do.
0: <laughs> well, good because you know that's what I was trying. That was that's what I was going for. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I sometimes I like to feign being an old person who doesn't understand technology.
1: And uh, sometimes or, we're or just old things. people who do understand technology. Yeah.
0: So yeah, you, there you know the very popular Reddit ask, uh, AMA. Ask Me Anything format, you, do, you can do that with us. You can ask us anything here on the podcast and we will answer your question. Two ways to do that, as I mentioned, one way is to hit us up on Twitter. We are at the Mainland, and you can use the hashtag AskTMLPC which if you really need to know what that stands for is the Mainland Podcast. So AskTMLPC uh, and ask us a question on Twitter or hit us up on email and uh, that email address is the Mainland at gmail.com and, uh, and you can put AskTMLPC in the uh, subject line if you want to, or you, can, you don't have to. You just say question, and I'll, I'll, I'll know exactly what it's about.
1: And, yes, Michael does know that podcast is one word.
0: <laughs> I do. I had, to, uh, I had to get creative when I came with the hashtag because I, I kept trying new ones and different ones, and they were already in use by, like, other organizations and stuff. So this is what I came up with that no one was using at the time. Now probably, it rolls off the tongue. I like there's, it. There's probably 17 different organizations that use it now. Uh, actually, they don't because we check it every week. Yeah,
1: yeah we
0: uh, All right, so I'm going to start in the Twitters, Dave. We've heard from our friend Elder Gorilla. I love this screen name. Uh, yes. I love, the, love this Twitter handle, Elder Gorilla. And... Uh, Elder Elder wants to know... Should, can I call you Elder? Are we close enough I can call you Elder?
1: <laughs> I hope so.
0: Or Mr. Gorilla? Mrs. Gorilla? I don't even know. Gorilla. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Alright, Dave, the question is, Van Halen or David Lee Roth, who was better after the breakup?
1: Ooh, uh, I think that's pretty obvious that Van Halen was better after the breakup. I mean, David Lee Roth went on and did California Girls and, and you know, Skyscraper. Uh, just, a versus, <laughs> yeah, just a gigolo. Yeah, just gigolo versus, um, you know, 5150 and OU812 from Halen with uh, with Hagar. So, yeah. now, if we go all the way to Sharon, okay, then maybe they're, they're backsliding a little bit. But uh, I would say immediately after the breakup, um, the band did better.
0: That's true. There was, no, there was no stipulation of how long after the breakup in this question. But I'm going to assume it's about Sammy versus Dave because uh, Elder signed off, no disrespect to Sammy, but they weren't the same since Diamond Dave.
1: Well, now, wait a minute. Is he comparing Halen with Dave versus Halen with Sammy, or is he comparing Dave after the band versus the band?
0: I, I, well, the way this is written is Van Halen or David Lee Roth, who was better after the breakup. So that would seem to indicate to me the band Van Halen or David Lee Roth solo?
1: Then I stand by my answer.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going with Van Halen, and it's not even close for me. I'm a yeah. big Sammy Hagar fan f- from his from his Montrose days. Oh so yeah, I, I love me some Sammy, and 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 I think that uh, I think that the song I I think the song Dreams. In, oh. the van, in, in, the, in the Sammy era of Van Halen is better than any solo song that David Lee Roth ever did
1: oh that's not even a question that's the, yeah uh, Dreams was one of my favorites uh, from 5150 and I, I pretty much love that entire album So
0: now Dave is, he made funnier videos
1: Without a doubt, I mean he's he was a product of that that '80s time period. I mean he was he was built for that uh, MTV, you know, back when they still played music videos thing. I mean he was fantastic at that, and I'm sure he made tons of money doing it. But as far as the quality of the music goes, I've, no, I'm going to stick with uh, with Van Hagar.
0: So, Dave, are you familiar with the podcast Rock Solid with
1: Pat Francis? I am not, but I'm going to have to check it out now.
0: All right, so rock solid with Pat Francis. Pat is, a, I think, a, a comedian in uh, L.A., and he has a podcast. and He's he's often got um, you know special guests in, and what they do typically on a typical show there's there there are variations of the show. Um, typically, what he'll do is he'll have a guest on that's a fan of a band, a particular band, and they will go through the band's catalog, album by album, and they'll each pick a couple of songs to, to highlight. And they'll talk about everything about it. They'll talk about the, you know, the, the band lineup, the album cover art, and um, you know what's good about the album, what's bad about the album. It's it's a really interesting show. In fact, um, they've had Alexi Lawless on there several times as as a guest.
1: Okay, I think so, oh I think I had heard about when Lawless was on, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it, it it's uh, I think Alexi did a Def Leppard show. I think he may have done a Brian Adams show. Um, but yeah, it's a good show. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's funny that this question came up this week because I was listening to. Um, a ba- I'm, I'm behind on episodes. I was listening to an episode where um, they were actually talking about um, the Pretenders. Okay. And one of the one of the things that they played late in the show was like from one of the more recent albums the Pretenders did a song where Chrissy Hines sang in Spanish. She she you know, it was a Spanish language thing, and. The guest, I forget her name, but she said something about I love I love uh, lyrics in Spanish or in other languages, and Pat pulls out the uh, Spanish recording of David Lee Roth's "Yankee Rose," and I had never heard this before. I had no idea David Lee Roth had re-recorded "Yankee Rose" and and that whole album, I guess, in in Spanish, and it was it was just hilarious. It was funny.
1: Oh, I now I have to go find that.
0: His pronunciation was very good, I have to say. Okay. As, okay. as as somebody who is currently using the Duolingo app to uh, refresh my my Spanish from high school and college, and maybe actually learn to actually speak it, um, I thought he was I thought he was good. But it was it was also just funny because that whole intro uh, that Dave does, that's all spoken, where he's like talking to the guitar, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> it's just really good. That's all I was say. But thank you, Elder Gorilla. Uh, if I can call you Elder, I thank you for that uh, question. That was great. And it, it was definitely more fun to talk about than the last six Orlando City games.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I, I was really grateful that uh, we had that type of question rather than something else. Because you'll notice both of our voices picked up a little bit. We're like, oh, yes, we can talk about that yes
0: so we only have one other uh, question this week and it's in the email our good friend Lee Gavlik hey Lee Uh, so Lee would like to know actually it's two questions uh, but it's in one email he says Lee says hello striker questions Uh, striker questions should slash will the pride move on from Alex Morgan this winter
1: Ooh, um, should, no, they shouldn't. Um, will they, that's a much deeper question. Um, I would, my, my anticipation is that the club would like her to stay. I think they will do what they can to do that. Um, she, if she wants to leave to go to the West coast for uh, an expansion team and, uh, be closer to Shavando, that's also a uh, possibility. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to stick with should. No, they should try and keep her. Will they? Eh, I don't know. That one I'm not ready to make a call on.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say – I'm going to ask the question like this. Should the Pride move on from one of the all-time great strikers in <laughs> soccer? And, oh, by the way, her uh, her her paycheck is subsidized by the U.S. Soccer Federation. Hmm. Let me think about that. Should they do that? No. No, they should not. <laughs> um, will they? I, I don't think they will unless they have to. And, and Alex is not the problem with the Orlando Pride. The Orlando Pride have uh, some systemic problems, and um, hopefully those will be addressed in the off season.
1: Kids, that was the uh, sarcasm that Michael alluded to earlier.
0: <laughs> uh, question two from Lee. Should or will Orlando City ever bring back Kyle Laren? It may seem uh, far-fetched but I believe that they would have made the playoffs this year if he were still wearing purple, and I'd really hate to see him bagging goals for Toronto, Atlanta, or anyone else when he does inevitably return to MLS. Surely his acrimonious exit can be forgiven by the front office and supporters, right?
1: Uh, I'm willing to forgive him. If he scores goals, I'm willing to forgive almost, you know, this happens all the time. You know, you hate the guy while he's scoring goals for somebody else. And then if he scores goals for you, he's the best guy ever. So uh, if somebody wants to come in and get us more goals, have at it.
0: Yeah. I think here's the thing with, with Kyle, Uh, should they ever bring him back? I mean, it's, I would never turn my back on somebody who could score goals. Um, so I'd say they, they should, but I also think that they should really look for, a that next level guy that that you know like the union found with Shabilka, or the portland found with fernandez i mean these are these i mean nowadays mls you have to go out and you have to find a better striker you have to find a, a, a that new breed that they're bringing in and so i think that yeah it could be good because i think that laren and dwyer in their short period of time together really worked well off of each other um and complimented each other in a way that I didn't expect uh, but will they ever bring him back I don't see it because I don't think that uh, unless he changes agents because I don't see that this I, I don't believe that this front office will forgive the way he left and I don't you know and i'm not I'm not saying that the that the front office is without fault here because the front office certainly had opportunities to give Laren a better deal and didn't do it it's their prerogative It's the, they don't have to he was under contract but it probably would have been a good move um, to have given him a raise when he so obviously deserved it um, but at the same time I don't think that they'll have anything to do with the agent that gave him the, the advice to eh, just go to Turkey it'll all work out
1: yeah and it's not like there aren't other strikers out there that they could bring in that could be just as productive
0: I, I really do trust Luis Muzi after you know what we've seen from him in the past, you know, not even a year yet. Um, you know, he's gone out and he's found a Mauricio Pereira who, oh, by the way, has assists in his last two games, and he's not even 90 minutes match fit yet. Um, you know, this this team has, has made some incredible strides. They've been able to go out and get a Nani. They've been able to bring in low-priced, quality players like Juan and, and uh, up-and-coming young players like Sebas Mendez, and they've been able to... Find diamonds in the rough and and gems that people don't really think about, like Robin Janssen. Uh, I I think that this team has done fine. And and I think that this regime just needs a little bit more time.
1: Hard to argue with that.
0: (laughs) All right, Lee, thank you so much for your questions about strikers. and uh that will that will wrap up this particular uh time with the uh with the ask us anything segment and you can again do that two different ways you can hit us up on twitter at the mainland is our twitter account use the hashtag #AskTMLPC, or you can email us the mainland at gmail.com is the way you do that we have uh we have a, a co-host that needs desperately to go to the restroom but Before we let him do that, we're going to give our key matchups and our score predictions for Sunday at FC Cincinnati.
1: No uh, no better way of keeping uh, the podcast moving. Uh, (laughs) Okay, FC Cincinnati. um, Key matchup is going to be the midfield. We saw where that uh, broke the back of orlando city uh, in the last game and I, I think that that with dom coming on and defense typically being okay that's that's where uh that's where we need to see the improvement that's where we need to see them take control of the match uh, as far as prediction well it doesn't really matter at this point so i might as well just be positive and say uh they're gonna get the one one nil win they're gonna uh set that record for uh fc cincinnati and and take it off of our backs why because it doesn't matter anymore
0: <laughs> All right, so for me, the important matchup is uh, Orlando City's defense against uh, the Cincinnati attack. Orlando has given up multiple goals now in four consecutive games, and that's not been something that the team has done a lot this year. The team has done a very good job of keeping the opposition to uh, one goal on on numerous occasions. They haven't always been able to score a a more than one themselves, but you know, they've been able to keep the other team to one quite a, quite a few times, but the last four games, that has not happened, so that, to me, has to get better. They have to get back to their defensive foundation, and uh, so that's my key matchup. That said, we can't have nice things. I'm predicting nil-nil.
1: Yeah, that's probably more likely, but I, like I said, at this point, um, you know, I, I, I'm not so sure that we're wrong all the time, so...
0: <laughs> you don't have to keep saying that every... You don't have to emphasize that every week.
1: <laughs> every time we do this, I've got this spreadsheet up in front of me, and it's it's just right in my face. So, uh, you know...
0: You don't, you don't have to point that out.
1: Don't. Well, you know, we're, we're partially right a lot of the time.
0: All right. So, anyway, that uh, that's going to wrap this one up. I, I think we've done all the damage we can do, and, and I'm not sadistic. I will, I will let... Um, let Dave go to the bathroom <laughs> um, I'm uh, just going to say that uh, if you want to uh, please uh, write to us like we said we talked about earlier ask us anything we'd love to hear from you uh, go to iTunes please leave us a, a five star review or leave, just leave us a star rating if it's a five star rating and you leave a review we'll read it on the air we didn't get any new ones uh, this week Dave um, but we are looking for your help in reaching more people and the way we do that is by getting more ratings. And so far we only have 45 ratings, which is just not that bad. But uh, it's been stuck on 45 for a couple of weeks. So
1: I imagine all the bathroom talk will probably get somebody to write something this time. Yeah.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, anyway, uh, read our stuff at themainland.com. Of course, you can uh, like us on Facebook and, and, and subscribe to us there and, and read us in your, in your feed if Facebook decides they want to actually – show you what we have posted because Facebook kind of just does whatever the hell they want uh, mm-hmm. unless you unless you change it to most recent which you have to keep doing because you can't just do it once and then they leave it there forever no, you can't just flip a switch you actually have to continuously go tell it to show you more recent posts <laughs> <laughs> it's like every couple uh 10 minutes or so, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and of course, uh, follow us on Twitter at the mainland. You can catch Dave on Twitter at mainland Dave. You can catch me at mainland Michael. And, uh, of course in all of those instances, Maine is spelled M-A-N-E like a lion's Maine. We'll be back next week to discuss the, uh, Orlando city game at FC Cincinnati. We will also have, uh, Yeah, we're going to have some OCB to talk about. Uh. So we'll have an OCB minute because the uh, Young Lions are at Greenville. And we will also have the Pride at Sky Blue. Special time, kids, 11 a.m. on Sunday as uh, Sky Blue will be hosting the Pride at Red Bull Arena. And the Red Bulls have a game that day, so they had to move it up to uh, Ungodly early. So... And that might actually be a double game coverage day for me because uh, I don't think Scott can cover the pride that day. So fun, fun, fun. Oh, uh, <laughs> so and then, of course, uh, next week we'll be back. We'll, we'll do it all again. We'll, of course, be getting ready for the um, final games of the victory tour and therefore final games of Jill Ellis in charge of the U.S. Women's National Team. By the way, she won the uh, Women's Coach of the Year.
1: She uh, did indeed
0: the FIFA The Best Awards. All right, that'll do it. I'm going to let Dave go. Uh, We'll see you next week. Uh, Signing off the way we always do. Go City, go Pride, go OCB.